Welcome to the Horror Host Support Group Podcast, the podcast and book club for the everyday horror fanatic. I am one of your hosts, um, Cali Girl. It's starting to warm up and the seasonal depression is slowly leaving my body, Amanda. And I am joined by my good sis, my partner in horror, Samara, just sitting there looking glistening and ready to talk about the book we're about to talk about. How are yes. you doing, Samara? I'm doing good. It, it'd be the dewy makeup. Mm-hmm. and the the light you um good. thank you the dewy makeup um i am what shirt you got on today back up aha chucky with the bride of chucky i love the back-to-back cute arm crop not the not the, not <laughs> yeah. the shimmy <laughs> yes yeah you know i just grabbed something out the hamper because we were about to record and then i'm about to go to the gym after this so i said the people at the gym are going to get whatever it is i feel like wearing which is this i love that <laughs> i love it chucky you're gonna get so many compliments it listen i have a fun ority <laughs> i have a long sleeve um halloween shirt that i wear to the gym often like especially yes. at night when it's cold mm-hmm. i do get looks I do be getting judged, but whatever. I'm Let them judge. Out. Let them judge. Um, <laughs> we were just talking about before we came on. We were just talking about speaking of horror. Anyway, we we're talking about podcasts. Like um, someone's someone's doing a Vampire Diaries podcast. I'm fasting from videos and TV and movies um, for the next thirty days, I guess more. And uh, so I've been really in my podcast game. And I also stumbled upon the podcast that. The girl who played Laurie Strode in the Rob Zombie remakes, mm, okay. and um, and the girl who played Jamie in the Halloween, like Halloween four and five, all grown up now. Obviously, they have a podcast together. Do you know? What yeah, I'm about? yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, so I just started listening to them this morning, and was like, this, is, I'm loving it. <laughs> okay, I'll have to. You have to let me know the name of it. I feel like I've seen that. The thumbnail for it. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but I'll have to let you know for sure. But I'm enjoying that right now. And then I've been listening to Girl That's Scary because they're always a riot yes. Yes. to listen to. Mm-hmm. That would be a dream of mine. I don't know about you, but I would love to collaborate with them. It would be so fun to do just an episode where we talk about, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that would be so much fun. And then something else I noticed, people who listen to us, is that... um Spotify does ratings. We don't have a lot of ratings, but we have a lot of listens. So that means that you guys are listening, but you're not rating us. And we would love it if you went in and gave us five stars as a rating. Yes. Or because you can't give us blackulas, but you can give us stars. So exactly. give us five stars. So, oh, look at the promotion. Hey, look at that. Look at that. I notice hey, these hey. things <laughs> as I upload our episodes. I'm like, hold up, hold up. I do not see any like it's not enough stars you guys are listening but you're not starring i need you to do that for us pretty please thank you thank you we appreciate it without further ado on with the horror we will be talking about i feed her to the beast and the beast is me by jameson shay Mm -hmm. we read this how many how many months ago like late last year it was our book club yeah well yeah I believe, yeah. But we were like, we need to really soak this in, give it some thorough thoughts so we can bring you a proper review. Because long story short, we loved it. It was everything we wanted. Um, so let's do our ratings for it and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. What do you think, Amanda? 
Yes. Okay. I agree. What did you rate? What did you rate? Oh, this is a five Blackula read for me. Um, Jameson Shea, they did a really great job with this mm -hmm. book. So yes, five Blackulas for me. Can't wait to read the sequel. Cannot wait to read more of their work. Awesome. I gave this book five Blackulas, I believe. I don't, if I didn't, let me go back and fix myself because I'm pretty sure the more I sat on it, the more I liked it. Yes, this is so great. And if you have not heard about this book, um, you might be wondering what it's about. So here's the synopsis on the back of the book. Laura Mesny is a perfectionist with an ax to grind. Despite being constantly overlooked in the elite and cutthroat world of the Parisian ballet, she will do anything to prove that a black girl can take center stage. To level the playing field, Laura ventures deep into the depths of the catacombs and strikes a deal with a pulsating river of blood. The primordial power Laura gains promises influence and adoration, everything she's dreamed of and worked toward. With retribution on her mind, she surpasses her bitter and privileged peers, leaving broken bodies behind her and her climb to stardom. But even as undeniable as she is, Laura is not the only monster around, and her vicious desires make her a perfect target for slaughter. As she descends into madness in the mystifying underworld beneath her, she is faced with the ultimate choice. Continue to break herself for scraps of validation or succumb to the darkness that wants her exactly as she is. Monstrous heart and all. That is, if the god killer doesn't catch her first. So let's talk about our main character. I always mm -hmm. said lore. I'm not sure if it's Laura or, you know, French. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I didn't listen to the audiobook for this. I, you know, I think I might go back and read and listen to it on audiobook just to have that experience. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely. I read this. This is one. So look, listen. Okay. I'm going to be completely real with you. I have been struggling to read physical copies of books. Audiobooks have been saving my life this last yeah, yeah. year. So for me, if I'm reading a physical copy of the book, it's got to be captivating. And this is one of those books that I was like, I'm in it to win it. I bought the physical copy and I mm -hmm. sat down to read it. And I was actively making time to read this book. <laughs> and it kind of helped me, not to necessarily out of a reading slot, but it helped me like mm -hmm. fall back in love with physical copies again. Yeah. So... Yeah, every once in a while, you got to, like, grab the physical every once in a while. Because we are huge proponents for audiobooks, and I love me some ebooks as well. Like, any way I can get it. But there are times where I have to switch between mediums to not fall too far into the reading slump. Um, so usually if something doesn't work, I'm like, let me try another way because I need to get through this. But I felt like I had the physical book. Um, because it was sent to me for promo stuff. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was for a review and stuff. And so I got it. Yeah. Or did I sign up for it? And I just got it for free. I can't remember what happened, but it was awesome. It got sent to me in this really nice box with this really pretty fake red rose and the cover I gag. And so, um, I couldn't wait. Like, I think I immediately ripped this book open and was like, everything else, shut up. I need... <laughs> I need to do this book because it's ballet and I love ballet. I love ballet anything. I enjoyed Black, was it Black Swan? Yeah. I think it was called Black Swan um, with Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis. Like I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was dark. It was weird. 
and I was like hopefully this is darker hopefully this is weirder and I got what I wanted so mm-hmm. main character Lore Mesny is American but she's been living in Paris you know France I'm assuming everybody in this bad boy speak French it was never explicitly said but we can assume that if they're in Paris at ballet they are speaking French so obviously she speaks a fluent French um, she is estranged from her family. She doesn't really mm-hmm. deal with them at all. Her father is somewhere in the city, apparently. Uh, yeah. But they, they're not they're not in touch. And so all she is and all she has is the ballet and then her best friend um, and roommate, who I can't remember her name because, you know, I'm bad with names. Yes, her best friend's poorly. One thing I thought, I thought it was that her mom was American. Her dad was French. That's what I got. Or that her mom was in America and her dad's like they're American. Mom's in America, dad's in France. She don't right. talk to either of them. Right, right. She's completely like family who? Who knows them? Right. Who knew them? Right. Never I, knew them. I think her mom had ambitions to be a ballerina. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing she has of hers is this ring that she wears on her finger. Right. But she has a habit of twiddling around her finger when she's anxious. Mm-hmm her little keepsake and then yeah she just doesn't really deal with her dad it seems like her father reaches out every once in a while to try to connect but she's just like you know Laura's just not really into it so all she really has is her best friend and roommate Coralie um who from the onset red flags like yes first page as soon as we learn about her as soon as we get to know her red flag so Coralie is yeah. a you know, rich girl, she's lineage, right? Like her family is in the ballet in some way, shape or form. She is ballet royalty. And so therefore, you know, there, there's a hierarchy. So she's going to be um, kind of put on a pedestal and not necessarily because she is talented. She's not untalented, but, you know, she's obviously not as good as other people. But once again, she has those connections. It's very mm-hmm. Hollywood. The the world of ballet, apparently, it's who you know, not what you know, right? Um, right. And, you know, she is friends with Lore. They share everything together. And, you know, when you first meet her, she is very much like on Lore's side. She stands up for her um, and things like that. But it just feels like as long as Lore is below her, or not taking the spotlight, then she's good with their friendship, how it is. Mm-hmm. You get that from yeah. like the first 20 pages. It's blaringly obvious. Um, and then of course, you know, Lord does get bullied by the other girls and um, boys and whoever, just the other students, right? There isn't a lot of explicit, now I think about it, there's not a lot of explicit like, um, gender roles at all it's just we know people's names we know what they do that's it I noticed that uh in the story but I feel like it's probably also something that um actually does happen in ballet schools where it's like I don't care what you do who you sleep with I need to just be a winner I don't care what you are and I think part of it is obviously there's the I think uh ephemeral nature of being a ballerina versus Mm. being I guess I don't know what you, a male dancer will say because it, you know, like a lot of other careers, it seems like women, their time, their clock is ticking the second they hit 17. And, you know, at some point they end up being put cast aside. Um, and then there's also the fact that 
in pretty much every room she enters, Laura's the only Black person there. I think she mentions in the book, there's only one other Black dancer who's actually in the ballet. And we'll get to him eventually. But she, when the first scene that we open on to is there's rehearsals and dancing and she's the only black one there aside from these two guys sitting in the corner well one guy sitting in the corner the other guy in the corner is the only non other non-white person right um it is the belly belly yes (laughs) and everybody's talking about a woman named Josephine Moreau, who had this very rapid rise to stardom, and everybody's just reading her down. Mm-hmm. They are talking mad shit about her. She must be a witch. She's this. Even my mom loves her, Coralie says, and Coralie's mom had been a ballerina. So mm-hmm. Laura's hearing this and thinking, okay, like, what did she do to get this famous? but also admiring her because mm-hmm. she sees how hard this woman's working. Right, right. It's very much a, they were all talking down about her, but they want to be her. Yeah. So bad. But of course you have to like talk things down when you're that jealous, right? And mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just the, the air is palpable. You know, homegirl is sailing through it. She's twisting, she's turning, she looks like an angel. And these bitches in the corner talking smack. <laughs> and I'm like, man, so right off the bat, you understand that the world of ballet is very cutthroat. Yep. Um, and you under start to you actually also understand um Lore's like the way she starts to move through the book, her passion, and some of the decisions she makes is because she's been in that world for so long. I just don't think she has a real grasp on reality outside of the outside of dance. It's just very like they're in a bubble. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Because some and, of the things she mentions, I'm like, girl, it's not that serious, but it is for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also because, again, she's like the token. Mm-hmm. And she's it. And so because of that, she, as we know, has to be twice as good to get half the credit to even be considered passable. She's the one that's you know, she mentions like slicking her hair down in a bun to within an inch of its life. She has to get shoes and then rub her foundation on the shoes because the shoes aren't made in her skin tone. It's right. same thing with her uh, leotard and the tights and the this and the that. Mm-hmm. None of it is made for her. And the message that that very clearly communicates to her is you don't belong here. Right. And so she's having to work really hard to prove not just to the people that she's dancing with who probably have the same thought Mm -hmm. but maybe not consciously but to the whole system that she does belong there so from like the get I'm reading this book and (laughs) that was just the source of dread throughout the entire book that had nothing to do with the I mean it had everything to do with the horror but you get what I mean it was like the human element of it Mm -hmm. very much so I agree. Um, And then before people start to talk about how they make point shoes in, you know, varying shades of brown, we're in America. They, of course, will do that. Like, they're doing that in America. But unfortunately for our main character, they're in Paris, which is the indigenous lands of white people. They're really not trying to... Inclusivity, what? And it's it's French people. They don't care about inclusivity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So they, they're at this rehearsal, they're doing their thing. 
Laura's seems to be reasonably well-liked, reasonably lauded for her talent. And again, Coralie is very mediocre. It's very mm-hmm. obvious to everyone how mediocre she is. But at the same time, because she's a legacy, it's also pretty obvious that when they do these auditions to mm-hmm. get into the ballet, that she's going to be a shoe Right, exactly. And obviously she's got the look, right? Pale, yeah. thin, conventionally beautiful um, white girl. So shoe in. Mm-hmm. it's not even just about talent it's also about lines it's about look and if you don't look like you fit in <clears throat> lore they don't want you to mm-hmm. stand out especially in the core so in the, in the core de ballet so it doesn't matter how good you know lore is going to be it's because she stands out that they have to keep stamping her down yeah sucks sucks so of course lore is tired of that shit Hence the turning of the screw here. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> Think things change. She's like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. I need to figure out exactly how Miss Thang got to the top of where she is. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually can't remember how they, they I think she was practicing and yeah. uh, Josephine comes in while she's practicing, I think. And they yes. kind of start talking. But even before that, what ends up happening is they, I think they, they graduate from the ballet. Uh, yeah, they graduate her and Corley and all this other group. They graduate um, and at the graduation party, everybody has somebody, Laura doesn't. You, you meet Corley's parents for the first time kind of and mm-hmm. see how, how coarse they are. Like they barely tolerate Laura. And then as she's moving about the room, she hears some men talking about Laura and all of these different things. And um, she hears people. I'm going to read a little bit. She has. Mm -hmm. It's like a film producer. It says, talking about Laura, it says, no, you're right, Andre. A man said from the alcove by the door. I recognize him from the board of directors, a film producer with a blonde pointed mustache there is some roughness that she brings to the stage and they're complimenting her, but they're saying, you know, there's a perception that when one comes to see the Paris ballet, opera Garnier signifies luxury, exclusivity, delicate performers. It's not typically what our audience expects to be forced to think of inequality and social issues. Mm. And (laughs) basically talking about how, he says it would ruin the illusion. I'm sure you're nice, but you'll stand out. Maybe in La Badier, something exotic or modern, classical ballet wasn't made for your kind. Mm-hmm. And Laura kind of stammers, and you know they say, you know, Paris ballet has a reputation as one of the best in the world. Others like you do well in America. So this is a moment where she's graduated with essentially top honors she's hopeful that she's gonna get what she wants and then she's reminded just how little that work actually Mm -hmm. means to these people because she's not white right that's the bottom line she's not white and her skin color apparently reminds them of oppression (laughs) that people like them perpetuate it in the first place but we won't (laughs) i'll never understand it me with my strong will and knowing that you know I, I am the shit. I'm a really good, you know, dancer. I've attended one of the best dance academies in the world. I would have definitely hopped a fucking flight to America. Like, oh, bet. I will go and be great in America. But Lore, 
Laura obviously wants to stay in Paris. Like, this is her home. And then, you know, she's friends with Coralie. And this is just like, this is where she probably feels like she belongs because she's been there for so long. Yeah. She I mean, her home. I don't know that much about ballet. I love ballet, but I, I get the sense that the Paris, at least in this world, the Paris ballet is the best. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, why... I'm the best. Why do I not then belong to be in the place that is the best? Why do I need to settle for somewhere else mm -hmm. when I am the best? And so she leaves, she goes immediately to the studio to practice. And then mm -hmm. she rolls her ankle because yes. she's practicing so hard. She rolls her ankle and then meets Josephine. And I picture Josephine looking, you know, in the craft, mm. the movie, the craft, yeah. you know, the, uh -huh. the girl who plays Nancy yeah i picture just sorry, sorry like uh, the looking like the woman who played nancy in the craft mm -hmm. with okay. like the dark hair and kind of those like features yeah the, the sunken eyes like very pale mm -hmm. very yep yeah, i i see that i could see that she just huh i never would have thought to what's her name like faruka bulk or something like she's Something one like of those that, names yeah. um great actress she's insane mm -hmm. looking though <laughs> um dang you know what i did not put a cast to this i just let my imagination do its thing i didn't put a cast on it so i didn't even think about that um sometimes i think about a young what's her name from cause, probably because of the movie black swan like winona Ryder was the mm. like retiring no longer yeah. sought after ballet dancer and i'm like hmm maybe but um so yeah they have a conversation and i guess i guess josephine sees something in laura mm -hmm. something similar kindred spirits and she's like let's go get dinner and drinks like let's hang um and so they you know they hang they talk i'm kind of jumping through it because there's a lot going on in this book yeah um and i think does she i can't remember if she introduces her to the other two characters that come into play yeah no, so or they they she she doesn't introduce them yet and takes so, them yeah go ahead. yeah so they go to dinner mm -hmm. um laura sees josephine's luck and how everything just kind of comes up josephine mm -hmm. and then she basically at this dinner josephine kind of <clears throat> propositions her like wouldst thou like to live deliciously <laughs> oh my gosh why Sorry. <laughs> <Why>? um, <clears throat> and takes her to the catacombs, takes her to the blood river and basically says, this is how I have gotten where I've gotten. Give it a try. <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Right. Laura goes into the river. It speaks to her, asks her what she wants. And she says power. Mm -hmm. And they have the little communique. Yeah. And then she's fished out of the river by one of the characters that she saw what yeah one of the characters she saw earlier in the rehearsal scene a guy named andor and his friend Ciro. Mm -hmm. Ciro is the one who introduced josephine to this andor introduced Ciro. so then we find out that essentially this is the this is a god mm -hmm. um Echiron, i think is the name yes and there's this like otherworldly house home yeah field yeah 
you know, and now Laura has these powers. Yeah, but with a caveat, it's like, hey, I'm going to give you this power for a specific amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, you know, Laura, you know, she's going to have to come back and promise something else to kind of top up. So not only is she getting this power, she has to give something back. Yeah. Which, you know, tit for tat. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So now she's going to have amazing superpowers when it comes to dancing. Um, first of all, before I get into that, that that field or the other place they were in and like the cat, it's creepy. Yeah. The way that it's described, it's like, and then the thought of blood, like a blood river, I just think it's stank. I just know it's stank. Blood does not. <laughs> <laughs> My face was like, scrunched up the whole time like ugh, i know it is not pleasant smelling anywhere in there but they they be in there chilling all this stuff so you know laura she's laura she's got her powers and um she doesn't quite know how it's gonna come up you know but but you know things click into place when she goes to class and starts dancing starts doing her little piece and notices people aren't really paying attention to her and so she starts to think like pay attention to me notice me and then everybody's mind sense neck just like shoot pinpoints to her and she's like Mm -hmm. that's how that works so it's not like she becomes a better more graceful dancer it's just that people her power is to make people notice her and pay attention to her and be enthralled by her Mm -hmm. pretty cool and this, I think this also gives her like healing power. So she had to, I think, cut her hand. It, it, I would not, maybe not necessarily healing powers, but she says like, it, it makes her not feel achy. It kind of mm-hmm. gives her power in that it kind of makes her feel maybe extra strong. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you know, imagine like you're dancing ballet, you're dancing all day. It's a strain on your, your entire body, especially your Very feet, much. especially your toenails. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that bloody feet and so she doesn't have any of that when she's got this power she's able to do it all without feeling that that yeah and i think you were right though in the healing one um at least she gets fast healing yeah yeah so that that was very interesting i think there was a part where she kind of talked about her toenails like a little (laughs) bit more (laughs) like a little bit in depth and i was like ew I don't want to hear about that, but like mm-hmm. you all know, ballet dancers do not have the prettiest feet. It is a known truth. Yep, <laughs> they are dancing on them all day, and they put themselves in these crazy bindings and positions. Like nothing good will come out of that. Uh, besides, like you know, obviously a very great performance. Um, so yeah, she's she's like, okay, I I see my power. I'm, I'm starting to understand it a little bit more. Um. There are times, though, where she kind of uses it and doesn't realize she's doing it. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the more you do things like that, she realizes it's like a muscle, right? Like, the more you work on it, the less of a toll it takes on her body. Because I mm-hmm. believe she starts to get, like, nosebleeds if she uses yeah. it. Yeah. She starts getting nosebleeds. But what also else starts happening is the more she's getting favor, the more her classmates who weren't really even checking for her mm-hmm. are noticing her and becoming jealous. So the, the mm-hmm. shit that they were talking about Josephine there, Nayo, now talking about her. Yeah. And throughout all of this, Josephine has come up missing. Yes. So, and, and 
just a, not two, three days before when everybody's praising Josephine, mm-hmm. now they could care less. They don't even mention her. The school doesn't even really say anything about Josephine. Right. Like, they just clean out her locker mm-hmm. and Laura notices, wow, like, we really are this disposable. Yeah. They, you know, here is a woman who had risen so far so fast everybody was singing her praises people were jealous of her they wanted to be her and now they could care less and now Mm -hmm. they're talking about Laura and then at one point this might be jumping ahead but at one point she shows up to class like five ten minutes late Mm -hmm. and the teacher dogs her yeah she can't take this seriously then blah 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 you think that just because you're you know you're the shit now that you can be late and it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah yeah she that that's exactly you do of course of course but if it happened to anybody else you know they'd yeah. be like oh poo poo it's okay there mm-hmm. is a point in there where laura does um i believe she does go to josephine's apartment yep um mm-hmm. and and finds her dead dead with these like some sort of like smoke ash marking or something like soot almost mm-hmm. or no she's like burned or something really weird and so she decides to take um josephine's phone and you know leaves i'm some someone does eventually report the body <laughs> right yeah like obviously someone does report the body um and so that's how they realize like oh she's dead take her shit away don't care about her we need to we need the next young thing and laura ends up being the next young thing yes she gets into the ballet along with a couple other people and coralie does not and this is a like coralie is a shit friend before but this is where she is as you say boo-boo cakes like (laughs) yeah (laughs) there are moments before like when they're at their graduation moment um and Laura's, you know, she's got this nice bracelet on or whatever. And Coralie essentially implies that she stole it. Yeah. Because Laura is a pickpocket and does so to survive because mm-hmm. she doesn't have any money. Coralie right. obviously can't relate because she's rich. And so she just talks mad shit about Laura to her face around her and is still like, oh, you're my best friend. So then when <laughs> Laura gets into the academy, Coralie goes through complete depression mode, complete spiral talking mad shit like if you were my friend you would drop out you would cut you know come with me to this other ballet you would give it this up so we could be things could be how they were Mm -hmm. and I was mad at Laura because at one point she was seriously considering doing that just Mm -hmm. to have her friend back and I'm like Miss Thanks she was never a good friend to you in the first place yeah and if she was a good friend she would obviously you and then still like go do her own thing like oh i can make it over here you know not yeah. not make you give up your one shot that you she knows you've been working really hard for mm-hmm. piece of shit i did not like her i was like get rid of this bitch somebody um but we'll talk more about that <laughs> later yeah yeah but you know um all this is happening and um laura is actually getting closer with andor and uh, what's his face? Did I say his name? Andor? Yes. Andor and you, who was it? Zero. Zero. She's, she's and, they've, been, they've been at least in communication, right? Because yeah. they're like, who killed her? Something weird's happening. Is it going to happen to us? You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. 
And Ciro has brought in another woman named Katura. She's yes. a British a British black woman. So she wishes to not feel pain, I think. Mm-hmm. Ciro wished for wealth and Andor wished multiple times he wished for beauty. So each of them have been kind of corrupted in a certain way. So Andor, because he's wished so much, has like a demon form that he yes. kind of shapeshifts into. Mm-hmm. Um and when they all discover Josephine died, they have this memorial for her because nobody else was doing it. Right. Uh, and this is where Laura finds out more about them, finds out more about how they brought Josephine in. Mm-hmm. And Cyril, like, I think he was maybe on the board of directors or something mm-hmm. for the ballet. Yeah, it was somewhere, like, high up. Yeah. Some sort of power around the ballet. Mm-hmm. And so he he keeps seeing Laura use her, both all of them, like, Andor and Zero keep seeing Laura use her powers and trying to caution her because they're like, you're going to kill somebody if yeah. you don't know how to control this. So Andor agrees to try to help her get a hold of it. And that's how, you know, they become closer. But Laura is not letting herself give in to those feelings she has for Andor, even mm-hmm. though. Even we all collectively are kicking our feet and giggling yep. because it's so obvious that the chemistry is chemistry. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, as Laura uses her power, she becomes addicted to them. She becomes addicted to the power and the feeling it gives her. And of course mm-hmm. she has to go back to the primordial being in the blood river for her top ups. And as she keeps giving more of her, more and more of herself away, it changes her. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe it's like maybe first her eyes go a little funny, but then she yeah. her hands also will start to like change. Her nails grow long. Yeah, her nails grow long. So basically what's happened to Andor is starting to happen to her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, look, I don't give a fuck. I am the baddest bitch in the ballet and mm-hmm. we gonna keep it moving. Which I appreciate for plot sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, you know, she... But all of this is happening. She's wished for power. She's in the ballet. She's using her thing. Her ex-girlfriend is also in the ballet and is very surprised to see Laura. And, you know, the night that they have their first big performance essentially tells Laura off. And it's like, you're not good enough to be here. I don't even know why you're here. And so Laura basically, you know, makes her (laughs) break her ankle and then like move really quickly out mm-hmm. of Paris. And so she's realizing that it doesn't matter, even though she's made a, this deal with this eldritch type God, mm-hmm. they will still not accept her because the goalposts keep moving. So right. she wanted their, she wanted power, but she didn't get their adoration mm-hmm. because they're all talking about her. They think she's a witch. She's sleeping with somebody. She's doing this. She's doing that. Everybody around her. So she's got, no friends in the actual ballet. None. It's all about, you know, obviously she wants them to think good of her, but when she exercises her power, it's just control and it's and it's only temporary. Yeah. Unfortunately. So yeah. I think it's the big night. Uh, oh, by the way, the, during this whole thing, her roommate has been deteriorating in Poorly, both mind yeah. and body. <laughs> like I'm talking hair lamp. She ain't looking so great too skinny and she's like obsessed with um 
basically bringing Laura down a peg or two. Like every time she sees mm-hmm. her, she always has some shit to say. Um, also, she, you know, her family is the one who's bearing the load of like their living situation. Right. So obviously there's that, like, what would you call it? There's like that, that threat, like you'll be out on the streets without me type mm-hmm. thing. Um, and Laura has to deal with all that stress her friend turning against her, the ballet turning against her even more. And I'm like, girl, how are you doing this? Right. She wasn't, and, she was going insane, but like, how are you doing this? <laughs> and Coralie's like, you you keep sneaking out every night of what are you doing, this mm-hmm. and that. And at the same time, Andor and Ciro, before he goes missing, and then Katura, they are all trying to befriend Laura and mm-hmm. be like, it's not that deep. You, yeah. you're still a person even without ballet but she's made being a ballerina and being not just a ballerina but being a star her yeah. entire and tied her sense of self-worth so tightly to it that she can't fathom a world in which that that doesn't exist so she's willing to give up everything else to achieve this again super ephemeral ephemeral yeah. ephemeral ephemeral <laughs> I don't know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, same. Yeah, definitely. But I'm a star. <laughs> I'm a star. Starer. A fucking sex sample. <laughs> I will not accept a life I don't deserve. That it's that's what it's giving. Everything always comes back to that damn move. Those movies, I swear. Pearl. Listen, <laughs> Samara, if Maxine comes out this year, okay. Yes. You, I'm gonna have to fly to Detroit so we can see it together. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no other way because we, we need to see it. We just, have to. Legs crossed, hands out, sat. We need to see. It. We'll go to the very comfortable movie theater that reclines and has butt seat warmers. Peak adulthood. Being yeah. excited about an ass warmer. And, and cocktails. <laughs> cocktails. I got into a, this is so off base. We'll come back. But like I got into a, a Uber and the back seats had butt mm. warmers. I was like, oh, you got money. <laughs> this is nice. This is nice. Like, <laughs> I was I was impressed. I was like, "Dang, this is nice in the back seat." That normally don't happen. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to I'm a star. Yes, and Ciro <laughs> is dead. Energy. Yeah, and Ciro is dead. Ciro also dies. Most likely by the same thing that killed Josephine, of course. Yes. Um, so now they know that they are being hunted down one by one, but they just mm-hmm. don't know who and how or why. Really, um, I think it gets to the point where we're at the big night. And uh, it's the it's the big show, Josephine. I believe she dances it. Does she get to dance it? You mean Laura dances? I mean not Laura? Josephine. Sorry, Laura. Laura dances yes. at the big show. Um, and she gets fed up with some shit. Like people are just attacking her left and right. She's leaving, trying to get through the crowd in like the big lobby area, and shit really goes down. Like poorly. I think I'm jumping ahead here because I feel like Horley outs herself at some point. Like, yeah, I know. So what? Yeah, go so ahead. So what happens is like the 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 big night she dances it. This is mm-hmm. when her ex girlfriend confronts her. 
I, or the next night. So now Sabine, her ex-girlfriend's gone. Everybody's convinced that Laura's a witch and they're not fucking with her like that. They go to a bar mm-hmm. um, afterwards and she sees the only other black dancer in the company. And he, she asks him, well, why are you here? You don't drink. And he's like, where else would I be? This is where you right. have to be to be mm-hmm. seen. And she just, again, notes how sad it is that you have to put yourself in these positions to schmooze, which is like every job, though. Yeah, honestly, it is. And also, by the way, homeboy is a little privileged. Like, mm-hmm. his family in some way has some pool in the ballet. Yeah. So he doesn't have, you can tell he doesn't really have a true affinity with her. It's like, sure, we both black, but like still better than you because yes it's giving um there can only be one yep that was like the tone of that conversation very much so she gets home i think after you know having a night with Mm -hmm. the fellow possessed ones i guess (laughs) (laughs) and And comes back to find Coralie coralie has found josephine's phone yes and has and knows everything and i think laura goes to show her the river and then Josephine, or then Laura gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. We find out that Coralie is the one who's been, who killed Josephine, who mm-hmm. killed Ciro. Mm-hmm. She's coming for Katora. Oh, this is, hold on. We are so skipping. We are so, what yeah, because is, I'm about to say, wait a minute. Coralie shows her ass <laughs> at the well, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Laura initially thinks that mm-hmm. it's uh, Coralie's, Coralie's mom. mother. Mm-hmm. And so, she gets like some kind of note that's like come alone i know what you're doing blah 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 so Andor goes with her to the park mm-hmm. and they are hit by this kind of lightning thing and Andor is blinded yeah and i think laura is taken yes i think she's taken it gets a little like this is where like the action really speeds up yeah. So forgive us for our memory because shit really hit the fan towards like the last couple chapters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Laura's taken. Um, you're right. And Andor, I don't know what happens to him. I think he ends up just being okay and like heading back he, to he's, the lair or something. I think I think yeah, he's blind in one eye. Or yeah. like it's tip I think he heals so I think it might be like mm-hmm. a temporary blindness but he's blinded in one eye and this is where Laura finds out that it's Coralie has been Coralie the whole mm-hmm. time because she followed like the second time she went back Coralie followed her saw what she did tried to offer herself to the river the river said, said no thanks Fuck you, you, bitch. <laughs> you don't have the talent you have nothing to give me <laughs> and so she got mad and ended up going to another river mm-hmm. that did accept her mm-hmm. and so she's been killing these people to basically get laura back and mm-hmm. get her revenge yeah it's weird because i think the river that she went into was to combat those who went into like the bloody river right yeah. like something about those two maybe they were at war and they just used people to do their bidding and that's what corley was doing um because she has to have some sort of power in order mm-hmm. to take those people down. And she was able to do that with two. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I don't, there's like a, where were they when the big showdown happens? Weren't they in like the, the theater? So they, they were in the theater. They were in Palais Garnier. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is um, Laura, and by the way, 
the second Laura gets into the power spelling, mm -hmm. she starts trying to figure out how to get Cora Lee in the ballet too. Yeah, bullshit. So she's constantly been trying to like figure out how to get her friend to come up and join her. And her friend obviously is not checking for her. So mm -hmm. Laura misses class or misses, yeah, she misses like a week because she's mm -hmm. in the hospital because Coralie beat her so bad. Yeah, yeah. And she wakes up to Katora braiding her hair. And so they have a moment and, you know, Laura finally realizes, wow, this is what it is to have a friend. Yeah. So sad. She hadn't really been, like, mm -hmm. checking for Katora like that, but Katora's steady there. She had slept there. She's painting her nails. Like, she's caring as a yeah. friend should. In care of her. And meanwhile, Coralie is like, you need to pack your shit and leave the ballet. If you don't, I'm outing you. I'm going to mm -hmm. kill you. That's so yes. sad. So she comes back, and nobody gives a shit. Like she was in the hospital they don't care they're just like okay well oh you're... they're like oh you were gone okay <laughs> yeah so she goes to i think the director or whomever and they basically say something like you we're gonna offer you a position but it's basically only short term mm -hmm. and you will only be here for like a, a year or whatever and you'll make X amount of money. And then after that, you know, you can, you gotta you go. can be somewhere else, but you got to go. And so basically she's not they're like, we don't want you, but you know, you're good enough to keep around for a season. You know, we get diversity points and then you can be about your business. Right. Maybe go to America here. It's nice this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, that's exactly what happens and of course miss ma'am laura is like what the fuck i'm too mm -hmm. good for this i put my blood sweat and tears in this hoe yep i made a deal with a <laughs> god to to be a part of yeah. this changed my body all the things mm -hmm. to do this and so coralie using her powers basically takes laura everything from Laura takes mm -hmm. her position, whatever. And so the night that she's supposed to dance or that rehearse, I think like rehearsal prior to mm -hmm. Laura comes in and they have their showdown. Mm -hmm. uh, the funniest thing for me was when Laura basically says she had the adapt Coralie had the audacity to be mediocre. <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> I can't go. Because it's true. It's true. She was mediocre and Coralie knew she was mediocre, which is why she was so spiteful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the showdown does happen. We keep talking about you. The final showdown does happen in the lobby of the ballet theater between Coralie and Laura. But yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. You're going to say something. Well, so Laura confronts her on stage. Everybody else mm -hmm. leaves. They have a fight on stage. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, Laura's going to beat this bitch's ass because for a minute she is. Mm -hmm. She gets distracted. Coralie gets a jump on her, drags her ass out the theater into yeah. the lobby. So she's the one who takes it outside mm -hmm. and is <laughs> they're fighting in front of everybody. And then I think something happens. They're combined, their powers combined, and the Palais Gagnier. Been planning? Like, <laughs> yes. 
fucking <laughs> like some kind of earthquake or something happens, but basically the, the, the floor collapses. In. The floor yeah. collapses. Yeah. And they all, everybody, guests, ballet dancers, Coralie, Laura, all fall into the depths at the bottom of the damn theater, which was above like a lake. Like there was like water and shit. And yeah, you know, they're still fighting. <laughs> yep. They're still fighting. Of course, Laura beat, beats that bitch's ass. Mm hmm. But even in the end, Laura is still holding on to her, like, boohooing that her she's losing her friend. Which... Uh, so dramatic. I, I just, I don't get having such loyalty to somebody who is clearly such a bad friend to you. I think that was my only issue. I wonder if she had been That's a great, funny. a good friend for a very long time. And it wasn't until they got older and the competition really started to like heat up that Coralie started to change, but it was slow. And she was just still holding on to like that old, you know, that old friendship. Yeah. I could see that. I remember holding on to friends for that fucking long and then eventually being like, no, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm talking like I didn't write that into my first book. <laughs> like, I'm talking like that isn't kind of part of As, it. Especially because, you know, remember, Home Slice is still a teenager. Teenagers yeah. are dumb. Yeah, I think they're they... all like 17, 18. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're still quite young. They haven't learned yet. I think I just wish we would have gotten to see glimpses of Coralie being an actual good friend to Laura because it the way that it's presented is that if Corley had been such a good friend that she completely flipped the script when we know change isn't like that it's it's Slow. up and down yeah it's not static and yeah. so I wish we would have seen glimpses of Corley being an actual good friend to her mm-hmm. so that we could have at least felt a little bit more sympathy for right. the death of their friendship but the whole time I was like finally die bitch <laughs> exactly. like Wendy Williams die 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 <laughs> death to all of them like <laughs> I did not care about nobody except for Andor and Laura like that's it Everybody Katora. Was... oh yeah Katora I liked her but she wasn't in it enough for me I wanted more and I liked Ciro because he was bitchy he was appropriately bitchy yeah I didn't care about him he was you fun know. to have around though he made he made sense. He was very much a um what's his name? Uh isn't his name like Stanley Tucci or something like that? Like that type of Oh, he was like the Stanley Tucci in Devil Wars Prada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I like that about him. That's what he was giving me that attitude. And I was like, okay. I like it. Um other than that, yeah, them two, especially Andor, them, them was my them was my people. Andor is so sweet. My God. I know. Poor thing. Dealing with Laura's bitchiness too. Like a saint. Saint amongst men. <laughs> yes. Because that that's the thing. Is she's so focused on the ballet that she's developing feelings for Andor. And he's obviously developed. At first she's not able to see it. Because it feels right. like first crush. Mm-hmm. But when he kind of makes it very clear. Yeah. She. I think they kiss and she runs away. And she's like, I'm not allowed to want this. I, you know, this can't stand in my way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But at one point, he literally says, like, I will 
I will pray to you. I will worship you. I will, he like gets on his knees and is like, I will pray to you every day. I will worship you. And right. I was like, girl, if you do not get your head out your ass. Right. Homeboy really came to her and said, I burn for you. Yes. <laughs> okay. You are the bane of my existence and the object of all my desires. Like he literally exactly. was like Antony Bridgerton. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but she was just like, do he like me though? Like, ma'am. The ballet really did a number on them people. All Everybody. It's funny because she had a girlfriend and I'm like, I feel like girl signals are so much harder to interpret than guy signals. Like, I think the thing is, is that her ex was also a ballet dancer. So they both were like, I like you, but we in competition. So this is probably Mm -hmm. just like a, we look like a hate thing. Yeah. (laughs) A hate relationship. Exactly. So yeah. Five Blackulas all around. I will definitely Mm -hmm. be reading the sequel and anything else that Jameson Shea puts out. Yes. Well, we forgot a plot point. What's up? Coming through with that, which is basically the deal. (laughs) Get get it out. Get it out. (laughs) Spring has sprung pretty much here in California. The allergies are allergying. I spent some time outside today. I apologize. I know you're kind of around this, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) But the deal that she made was for power, and that if she, I think it's like if she stops doing that, or it because they all get a mark, it's like a tattoo, right? If she breaks the mark or something like that happens, she'll never dance again, or something, yeah, Yeah. she She will never dance a dance again, yeah. So Coralie burns the mark basically. Meaning she can't dance again. Right. And so at the end, Andor, Katora, and Laura, because it's all believed that they're they're be- presumed dead because of what happened, they go somewhere else. I think they go to like Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And Katora shows her specifically this like underground dance thing that's like beautiful and free and not as rigid as a ballet, but still a dance thing to be like you have other avenues Mm -hmm. to use your talent and right then they meet another girl who's trying to pick their pocket laura clocks it and you know it sets the stage for a sequel yes i'm excited i'm excited for the sequel do we have a date yet do we know i don't think so but i believe the title is i in the dark that comes when you call november 12th actually because i am looking at jameson's twitter so what it's i am the dark that answers when you call nice yes it's the name of the book Mm -hmm. um and it comes out of like i said november 12th and the cover oh my goodness the cover is amazing as is the cover to to this version but mm. they cheese wow. redid the. I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan. I like the more I look at the old cover, I still like like it a lot because it was definitely a 
I don't know, this cover was the first thing that caught my attention as most likely everybody else because it was just like, damn, what's this? Even the, the, the people who aren't really into horror were like, this cover. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know what's going on. But I was like, ooh, ballet. Right. You're So working for me. from the author, these are some things you can expect if you still want to read the book after we've gone through all of this. Is A Talking River of Blood, Faustian Deals, Girls Committing Crimes, Monster Romance, Toxic Female Friendship, Found Family, Corruption Arc, Good for Her, and Lovecraft Meets Black Swan in the Paris Catacombs. So this book is... One of the best things I've read in a very long time. Shout out to the author. Um, and, you know, this this would be a great addition to people's libraries. And... Yeah. Apparently, the sequel, I Am The Dark, that answers when you call, its content warnings are grief, death, and dying, mourning, a loved one, parental abandonment and surviving abuse, which is all that happened in the first book, but then it also depicts gore, particularly blood, bones, corpses, and animal carcasses due to natural causes, as well as body horror, murder, torture, vomit, gaslighting, and manipulation, heavy drinking, cannibalism, and <laughs> confinement, aka being buried alive. I'm officially in it. Yes. I'm in it like Bennett. I'm ready. <laughs> Cannibalism. Okay. Mm -hmm. My stomach turned a little bit because you know how I feel about tender is the flesh. Yeah. But we're ready. <laughs> I was ready. It's like me. I'll take it. Um, but yeah, anything else? I'm. I'm that's it for me. No, um, thank y'all for listening to this episode. We truly appreciate all the support y'all have given us. I'm just feeling great because, you know, we got a really great message on our Instagram the other day. I'm going to shout out this listener. What? Yes, we got a great message on our Instagram the other day. going to shout out this listener because they gave us a book wreck okay. um, and a compliment. So if you do, you know, if you hit us up on Instagram, we might just shout you out. So this listener is Essence. Thank you, Essence. And they say, I'm not sure if you've already planned to review Never Whistle at Night. They'd love to hear our thoughts. Planning, They're planning to read it. And it says, hoping you all like it more than out there screaming. Love your podcast. So <laughs> thank you, Essence. <laughs> really appreciate the love. Um, and just to everybody who's listening to us, thank you. This has been two yeah. years. And, you know, we're, we're just... Just two black women who are tired but love horror. <laughs> yes, very busy, but we want to talk about horror and we love we love it and we love you guys. And thank you so much for listening to us and sticking with us for however long you've been rocking with us. And obviously, the ones mm -hmm. who've been rocking with us since day one, you the real MVPs. Uh, but we love you all equally. And so, with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. Big announcement, the Horror Host Support Group will be collaborating with Fifth House Collective to bring you We Love Indie Horror Book Box. We are currently accepting book submissions for the box. 
You must be a BIPOC author who publishes their work independently to be eligible. The first box drops in October 2024. More info and the submission form can be found in our bio on Insta. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under Horror Host Support Group, host spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just click the link in the description on our Insta and you're there. You can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the name Amanda B. Weaver and YouTube under the name Amanda the Author, the spelt with two E's. You can find me, Samara, on all the same platforms under the name Samara Reads 2. And don't forget to check out my indie book box at fifthhousecollective.com. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.